Welcome to Jetstream Postgame, a presentation of Breezy Bend Country Club. Here's Brian Munns. After missing the first two games in this best-of-seven series due to injury, it was quite the return for Nikolai Ehlers. After watching Matthew Perot, Blake Wheeler, and Josh Morrissey score three third-period goals in a span of three minutes and three seconds, Ehlers, second of the night, 9-13 into overtime, has given the Jets a 3-0 advantage in this best-of-seven series now over the Edmonton Oilers. Here's the post-game comments from Jets head coach Paul Maurice as we get this post-game edition of Jetstream underway for Breezy Bend Country Club. Two huge goals for sure, but also kind of that positivity that he brings, that that energy. He's, uh, he's been off an awfully long time, and then to step into playoff hockey is so difficult to do. Um, so the critical piece to the game, right? He, he, he scores a goal in the power play, which is part of the reason why they get the next opportunity. And that clearly was a huge goal for us. And then, of course, the game winner. So he was just um, almost symbolic of the year that he had for us. Nikolai had a brilliant year here. And uh, he's kept it going. So we're clearly happy to have him back. We'll go next to Jamie Thomas from 680 CJOB Jets Radio. Go ahead, Jamie. Hey, Paul, you win 63% of the faceoffs tonight. The game winner comes off a clean win from Stastny. What can you say about the work that was done by your team in the faceoff circle? Yeah, we struggled with it a little bit early, yes, last game. Um, so we got better in the scrum department of those and uh, kind of the help from the wingers, really important. I know there's no uh, statistical correlation between faceoffs and winning except when you play against a team that has some possession players like they do, it's a, it's a big part of the game. We'll go next to Paul Friesen from the Winnipeg Sun. Go ahead, Paul. Paul, what's it like to experience a comeback like that on the bench, from the bench? And when's the last time you think you, you did experience it? In, in playoffs, Paul, it, it, about 19 years, uh, down 3 nothing in Montreal. Um, came back tied it and won in overtime. So what's really important about it is, is actually all the steps that go into it. So even if you don't get all the way back to four, there's the the important part of, of fighting back into a game and not going quietly, right? And uh, But boy, when you get back and you have a, have a win like that, you get to carry that for a while. You get to carry that belief in your game, that hope that even if you're down and um, you know, we're going to be faced with a really, really determined kind of um, backs against the wall team tomorrow. If it happens again, there's there's a built-in belief. We've been through it now. So it's it's uh, it's a critical piece, a really important asset in playoff hockey is to have that belief that you can come back and 4-1 with that time on the clock. I think that's the biggest one I've I've been behind the bench for. So we get to carry that. We'll go next to Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Go ahead, Scott. Thanks, Gregor. Paul, uh, what do you? What was your thoughts on the hit initially? And did, did you see it as? I mean, it seems like an obvious turning point, but did you, did you find it that way as well? Well, the, the the result of it is the turning point. Whether you know the key is we score the goal, and that that changes everything. And and there's time on the clock then. Um, 
and then I'll leave that to the referees and to the league to see how they view it. But I'm glad there was a call on the play because clearly there was a call and a rightful call, and it, it gave us the chance, right? You need the door open somehow sometimes um, and getting back on the power play, uh, a place that maybe we've struggled with a little bit, confidence again, um, scoring power play goals, feeling that you can every time you go out on the ice is, is another really good thing to have in your in your back pocket. We'll go back to Scott Billick for a follow-up. Go ahead, Scott. And speaking of the power play, Paul, I mean, uh, the second unit, I think, goes out on the the second time that you had because Shifley's line just played and they just kind of took it from there. Uh, is it just a, a, them just working well together? I mean, Pierre Lecrois looked well on it. Ehlers, again, it almost seemed yeah. like they were just back to where they were. Yeah, it, it, it didn't take much, right? There's lots of really good video for those guys to see. They're, they move off each other. Well, the, the, the secret guy almost, so Nicky Yillers clearly is the, a, a piece that we've missed. Um, but it's Matty Perot in that front. I mean, he he does just, so he, Matty's not looking out there necessarily to score goals on that shot. He's there for the screen and he's really good at it. Um, but those guys go out and practice and they look the exact same way, right? They have fun with it. There's, there's a, has been an advantage over time of them coming out second as they come out with less pressure. They got a shorter amount of time. So what they've done is they've learned to get really good on short time. Um, now they're probably going to get longer time now, but the short time power play has forced that unit to get really fast and really aggressive with what they do. It's become who they are, and um, and they're and they're good at it. We'll go next to Sarah Lesky from TSN. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, just to follow up on an earlier question, can you describe a little bit more what the emotion was like on the bench and what you saw over that three-minute stretch? Um, yeah, you know what? It was similar to the – I mean, when you score and that you've got, you have got—you feel like you have momentum, um, you know, the guys are talking and they're, there's just a lot of enthusiasm. But, but that wasn't a whole lot different than it was the whole game. Right? They, they, were, they were together, right? They were – they were, um, they were engaged. They were, they didn't get quiet on the bench. They didn't become resigned to the result. They, they one shot. That's all you need. One shot. And that's what they kept saying and get a puck to the net with traffic. Just keep going, keep going. And then when it got four, two, it was like, well, we've got nothing else to lose here, but a hockey game. So let's get after it. And so I, that, that would be me paraphrasing the, the kind of an ease that came into our bench at that point. Let's just, let's just throw everything at the net and see what happens. I'll go back to Sarah Lesky for a follow-up. Go ahead, Sarah. And Paul, that momentum, I mean, from the end of the third and obviously the overtime win, do you believe that that can carry over into a game when it's played immediately the following night? Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that because I've never done back-to-back in the NHL in the playoffs, so this is going to be a new event. Um, I mean, the only disappointing thing of, of a game was there weren't Jets fans in the building because – that would have been something for them to experience. I mean, that would have been momentum, right? You could you could feel it building. So um, we'll see. We're, we're going to do our best to recover now, to get ready, to understand that, that there will be um, their backs against the wall, the best they have, a really, really hard push from that team. Um, and I thought we saw that in the first period. You know, we've been down five on three twice now, so we'd like to avoid that if we can. And uh, and then get to the courage that we saw in the third. We'll go next to Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Go ahead, Mike. 
Uh, hi, Paul. Just want to ask you about, uh, I think it was three shifts that the Lowry line had against the McDavid line in overtime that seemed to me almost the whole duration of those three shifts was spent in Edmonton's end. They really hemmed them in and, and really neutralized them. How key, I guess, was that to just getting you guys to the point where you could win that game? Yeah, important there, but important probably right at the start of the of the third. Um, just keeping them off the scoreboard. We're, we're behind, obviously, so I'm trying to move those lines around and made adjustment on this Sassy and the Dubois line. Um, but for, for a minute's play, it was really important. They've got a big lead, so they ran their bench a little longer for a period of time. Uh, which I don't think we'll see tomorrow night, but they were really important in that holding that line even never never letting it get beyond like keeping it in our grasp it was critical. We'll go next to Murata Tesh from the Athletic. Go ahead, Murat. Thanks, Gregor. Hi, Paul. Uh, a moment ago, you used the word courage. Josh Morrissey, you the word used the word resilience. Um, where do those things come from? And what is their role in a game like this? And sorry to add a third layer. Um, does the early series success make it easier to draw on those things? I think so. I think you, you want to be a part of it. Like these guys are really close net and they have been all year. And I thought that early we were a little bit tight in that game in terms of how we move the puck because nobody wants to make a mistake, right? It's kind of almost that we were protecting the first two wins a little bit early in the game and we didn't move the puck. So there's some courage that needs that's there. And then resilience in that even at four, one, the talk on the bench isn't, I mean, it's not quiet on the bench in the regular season game. You'd have a quiet bench, right? They, but in this they they stayed in the fight, which is, you know, the key piece to that resilience that how you finish did matter. How we finished the game was important. And then we, you know, we had something good happen and then just build on it and, and find a way to keep going. Uh, resilience will be tested over and over again in the playoffs. It happens in periods. It happens shift after shift. So having success by being resilient, by staying in the fight, even if you don't know the outcome of the game, will become part of what you believe is true and is important. And it'll become who you are. And final question to Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet. Go ahead, Sean. Thanks, Gregor. Hey, Paul. Um, you said that stay in the fight. You also talked about, uh, that's a theme from earlier in the year, and you talked about being able to carry what you did here tonight forward with you, that confidence from doing it. I'm wondering if, you know, if you go back to early in the season where your team had come back in a couple of games, fought their way back into games, and the line back then was you were able to stay in the fight. Is that something that you believe you carried into tonight? I think so. I didn't think that our game changed drastically when we got down. We didn't completely open the game up, which would have been the end of the game for us. So we were able to kind of not get too far off what we're trying to do defensively and push the game a little bit. Um, I thought we had, you know, they, they had slightly more chances than we did. We come out of the first period, the shots, even starting shots are 9-7 for them. and We're on our heels a little bit, but they had eight power play shots. Um I didn't think we ever got to that breaking point where we opened our game up completely. 
which would have completely then taken us out of the game. I thought we stayed in the fight and we were disciplined enough with our game that it gave us a chance. Jets head coach Paul Maurice following their 5-4 overtime victory inside Bell MTS Place. The Jets now up 3-0 in this best-of-seven series with an opportunity to wrap it up Monday night at 8.45. Some of the other individual numbers this evening, Oiler defenseman Darnell Nurse, the busiest player in the game, 31 minutes and 18 seconds of ice. Josh Morrissey played 28-16 for Winnipeg. The Oilers outshot the Jets 48-37. Drysaddle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins leading Edmonton's attack with six towards Connor Hellebuck. Pierre-Luc Dubois, the busiest shooter in the offensive zone towards Mike Smith. He had four Jet shots. Winnipeg able to win 63% of the faceoffs. Nikolai Ehlers, Matthew Perot, two of the marksmen in tonight's 5-4 overtime win. They were at the podium together inside the Matt Frost Media Center as well. Question for Nikolai, please. Uh, how would you describe the third period rally and what went through your mind when you saw the puck hit the back of the net? Uh, that's, that's our team. I mean, we don't give up. You know, that's, that's what's so fun playing on this team. Um, and, you know, after the OT winner, you could see the, the joy. And I mean, it's, it's a wonder no one got injured at the end there during the celebration. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and it's, like I said, the boys don't give up. Uh, we showed a battle at the end. Um, and it paid off. We'll go next to Paul Friesen from the Winnipeg Sun. Go ahead, Paul. Nikolai, uh, did you dream about having this kind of impact in your first game back, or were you hoping just to be able to adjust to play a hockey? Or... Uh, I mean, you always you always dream of, of scoring these kind of goals. Um, but, you know, for me tonight, it was a matter of, of, of getting out there, play simple. Uh, and use my speed as much as possible. Um, but, you know, this, this, this was a, a, a team effort. Um, full, full, I don't know how many minutes we played in the OT, but a full 70 plus um, good effort. Uh, great game. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. We'll go next to Jason Bell from the Winnipeg Free Press. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Nicola, another one for you, if you don't mind. Uh, your captain said that, uh, you know, you scoring goals and having an impact is almost expected at this point in your career. What does that mean to you when when you're in a position now where, where the club really relies on you to, to do big things and you're able to you're able to produce? Um, I expect that of myself. Um you know, I put enough pressure on myself to perform. Um, and that doesn't mean just, just scoring goals. Um, it means playing well. You know, even even if you have a bad game, you go out and, and, and work hard and, and maybe play the more, a little bit more simple. Um, but, you know, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to, to play well. Uh, everyone in this league does it. Um, that's that's a part of it um you know you want to stay in this league and and you got to perform so um yeah 
We'll go next to Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Go ahead, Mike. Hi, Matthew. I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, the uh, the power play uh, off that hit on Logan Stanley. I don't imagine you guys were very happy with it. Obviously, the time of, of the penalty, there's eight and a bit left and you're down three. But when a penalty happens like that, do you almost feel like there's an added bit of, of motivation to go score when, when you're kind of upset about, you know, what's happened to one of your teammates? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the best way to make him pay for, for, for what he did. You know, he comes low on stand, kind of a, you know, we don't really like to see it. I don't think it's it's a very good play on his part. And we're pissed about it and we go out and score a goal. I mean, there's no better way to to pay back. So um, obviously the two power play goals we scored was was huge. Um, I mean, Nikki's goal too was the hell of a shot. Like, we, you know, we don't often talk about it much, but Nikki's got a wicked wrister and we saw it twice tonight. So, I mean, it's good to have him back, right? Thank you. No problem. Thank you. We'll go next to Murat Atesh from The Athletic. Go ahead, Murat. <laughs> Pardon me, we're all laughing. We're getting a kick out of that up here. Um, this one is for Mathieu. Um, I guess it was yours that started the the comeback off after that that Archibald hit. And I remember thinking that must have come so early in the power play. At that point, what's going through your mind? Do you believe that this could possibly be the outcome <clears throat> at that moment? Yeah, right away, just very excited. I mean, we we just got a big goal, give ourselves a chance to come back in this game. Um, look at the clock, you know, there's a little bit of time. So, I mean, this is one, at, we got to go one at a time. That was the first one. We made them pay for taking a penalty. And then not too long after, we got Blake, uh, this line going out there and, and scoring a big goal. And all of a sudden, it's just a snowball. And you get this excitement going on the bench. You guys are, you know, are going crazy. Um, honestly, I wish there were fans in this building for, for a game like this, this would have been absolutely insane. Um, this is something that, um, I mean, I, it, I can't even imagine if this building was full, how crazy that would have been. So it was, a, we felt it on the eyes. It was great. So it was an awesome, awesome game. We'll go back to Murad Atash from The Athletic. Go ahead, Murad. Nice save, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just following up on the on the thought of the fans, during the day, during the pregame, through the game, what are the moments where you really uh, where you really feel that, where you miss them the most? You're talking to the fans? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a game like this tonight, I mean, it just, you're down three goals and you come back in the third and win in overtime. Like the roof would have come off this building. It would have been absolutely insane. So, um, I mean, it was like, I mean, I've, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Honestly, it would, it would have been great to have the fans. It felt awesome, even though, but I mean, you see those other games on TV and I just hope eventually we get our fans back. We'll go next to Paul Friesen from The Sun. Go ahead, Paul. Matthew, where does this leave the series? I mean, how does a team like Edmonton rebound from this? It means we're up three nothing in the series. We were able to find our way to win three games, and now we got to win one more. So, I mean, we don't change nothing. We play the same way. We take their time and space away. We get in Leon and McDavid's way as much as we can, um, and capitalize on our chances. And Bucky's going to make the saves when we need them. And there you go. That's your recipe. We'll go next to Sarah Lesky from TSN. Go ahead, Sarah. For Nick Light, Nick Light, just with looking at that game tomorrow night now, how quickly does your attention switch to it? And what do you expect tomorrow to look like, given everything that we saw this evening? Um, 
as soon as we leave the ring tonight. Um, you know, you you got to enjoy a game like this tonight. Um, but, you know, our next game is, is tomorrow. And, you know, we uh, we want to finish this series off. And, you know, we uh, we battled back hard tonight. And, you know, now it's just a matter of, of going home, getting some sleep and get back to the rink tomorrow and 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 be ready for that game. Um, you know, obviously, there's some things that we need to adjust to. But like like Matthew said, it's we got a recipe. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of, of keep doing what we're doing. Nikolai Ehlers and Matthew Perot at the podium postgame inside the Matt Frost Media Center as the Jets take it 5-4 in overtime and now lead this best-of-seven series three games to none with Game 4 coming up Monday night. Note the start time. It's an 8.45 faceoff. couple of notes from Edmonton as well. Much better performance for both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Tonight, McDavid played 25 minutes and 52 seconds, had three assists, four shots on net towards Connor Hellebuck, two goals and one assist for a three-point night for Leon Dreisaitl in 28 minutes of work. Big game. Connor Hellebuck able to close the door as the second half of the night continued on after getting behind early on that first period deficit in which Dreisaitl scored both of those goals before the first period came to conclusion. So it's a 3-0 Winnipeg series lead. We'll see if they can wrap it up and advance to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs Monday night. That's our postgame edition of Jetstream for Brazy Bend Country Club. Thanks for joining me.